Here's your host, Alex Garrett. Well, he's no stranger to Alex Garrett Podcasting, and I always love having him on. By the way, you could still text me, 206 206- 426-9884, 206-426-9884 is my podcast line, and I'll say a little slower later, but I'm so excited right now because I've got the award-winning author, and I consider a true friend. You know, we've only met basically online, and yet we've ruined this friendship. What now? Kevin D. Miller, three years, it feels like already, so thanks for coming back. Absolutely, Alex, yeah. Definitely. We're definitely friends, man. We just kind of had a connection here, you know, from the beginning and stuff. And I always love coming on your podcast and, and talking about, you know, my books. What do you feel like talking about? I always enjoy the conversation, my friend. Well, how have you been? I know the pandemic has been tough on everyone. And last time we talked, mm-hmm. um, we actually talked about how insulting it was that Vietnam, that World War II and the, the war vets were basically looped into this. It's like this is a totally different thing than, than combat. And then, of course, Biden said the other night. But how have you been personally? Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't stop your writing or your connections to the community, to the literature community. So talk about writing in a pandemic firstly. Yeah, actually, um, yeah, the, being in the pandemic, it allowed me a lot more time to, to write because what else did I have to do? So it actually um, allowed me to sit my second book, White Skies, Black Mingo, inspired by my great-great-grandmother, who was Native American. She was Ohio Seneca, part of the Haudenosaunee, or better known as Iroquois. Um, and, so, and I wrote this book, Alex, in like three months compared to three years that it took me to write Heart of Steel, you know, so... So it it affected us. I mean, it, it was it's been tough. I mean, we're you know we're from Arizona, but we've been living in California because my daughters have been acting, as you know. And my uh, youngest daughter just entered high school, and just the, the offline online stuff, distance learning, has been really tough on her as well. But hopefully, we're coming out of it now. It sounds like we're starting to open up. I know California will be a lot slower behind behind the other states at getting things opened up, but but there's promise. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Well, I remember last year, this time over, it was more panicking. I think you feel it, too. Yeah. We're actually more relieved this year. It's like a year later, and we're actually feeling positive, are we not? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think, um, yeah, I think everything, I mean, from what everything I read and hear and stuff, it sounds like the, you know, the uh, COVID is about at a 77 or more decrease that we've got herd immunity. That, that, you know, it's really, it's going away. The, the virus has been weakening for a while. And, you know, not as many people are as sick. Still have the high-risk folks that have to be careful. But uh, I think we're through it. I think we're about to, you know, about to get back to as normal a life as we can. We are. And as you know, you are a veteran as well. So mm-hmm. I know the veteran community has been hard, hit hard with this too, haven't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the vets have taken it hard. Anybody with health issues and, and have and medical insurance issues and stuff has, has, has hit it hard, you know, as, as, as has the Native American community. They've had a, they've had a pretty rough through this whole pandemic. And, and, and I'm sure you're in touch with them. Now, now another group that's had, I feel like an underreported um, scourge, if you will, and it, it's been bad in the Native American community, mm-hmm. and your book touches on with White Sky's Black, Black Mingo, your book touches on the Native American community suffering from an earlier pandemic, right? Tell us about your, your newest book. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, my newest book, White Skies, Black Mingo, it's a uh, it's a historical fiction, but it's inspired by the love of my great-great-grandparents. She was Native American. He was the son of Irish immigrants. Uh, my great-great-grandmother was um, uh, Ohio Seneca, part of the Haudenosaunee Nation, otherwise known as Iroquois. And, um, yeah, no, it, this goes back for, for hundreds of years. I mean, the early Spanish conquerors brought smallpox you know, to the United States. And of course the, the Native Americans had no immunity to it. So it was, it was lethal to them. And, you know, it was spread through their communities and, and um, it just devastated, you know, these people and their population, you know, and then, then you go back to the Indian Vaccination Act of 1832. And, and this is, this is a real here. This is basically a law that the government created to vaccinate the Native Americans from smallpox because they wanted to get them healthy to a point where they could actually move them, you know, to reservations, to Indian country in Oklahoma so that the white settlers could then move in and, and take their land. I mean, it's just a really sad part of our history, you know, that that had happened. But, uh, but relating to the COVID, you know, I mean, you know, the casinos closed down, the sidewalk at Grand Canyon, that, that's like so much of their income and uh, that took a big tax cut to their, you know, to their communities, which their health care is not the best as it is anyway and very slow. So that, that really created a lot of problems with the Native um, American population. And, and they are at much higher risk, Alex, for COVID, you know, than, um, than you know, other, other races of people, you know, because they have a higher rate of diabetes and heart disease and obesity and, and a lot of taken from their hunting grounds and, and moved to reservations and, and their whole life was just turned upside down. So they're, they're more vulnerable to the COVID. And it seems that, you know, uh, treatment and, and, and supplies and money and stuff was just too slow to get to help them. So it's, so a lot of lives were lost because of the, the slow reaction. You know, I mean, I know they did designate like $8 billion last CARES Act, you know, to help the Native communities, but but so much of it is, is so so slow, you know, in their funding, and, the, and their medical care is just lacking, you know, on the reservations. You know, it, it needs to be looked at. It really does need to be looked at and looked into deeper because, you know, they've gotten the shortest deal on so many things, the Natives. Gotcha, Kevin. No, it's uh, and learning about all of this had to open your eyes, right, to the Native American community writing this book. Yeah, no, it, it definitely did because there's so much research involved, and and I wanted to write this story in the eyes of my great great grandmother, you know, and and from her perspective and from a Native American, you know. So it took a lot of research to you know to look into that to truly understand their religion, their culture their views, their political views, um, and, and from their side and their point of view of, of things. And it's, it's very, very eye-opening. And, um, and yeah, because I wanted to tell a true story. I want to tell a factual story, and, you know, and research the Civil War. It's, it, it, the, the story takes place in the Civil War era, which, you know, was kind of a forbidden love uh, between my great-great-grandparents because Native Americans and, and the white you know, settlers were not allowed to even marry legally in those days. So I thought that was a, a really good um, idea to, to write a book around. I mean, I'm, I'm in a mixed marriage myself. My wife is uh, Hispanic, 
Um, and so it, that, that made for a good story. But, yeah, it's definitely opened my eyes to a lot of things, um, a lot of different things that uh, that need to be taken care of. And, and, and I noted, you know, that, um, you know, the Biden administration had appointed um, Ben as the first uh, Native American Interior Secretary, you know, which, you know, my politics might not agree with hers, but I applaud, you know, the of Native American to to as Interior Secretary because the Interior Secretary is in charge of Indian Affairs and land management, and to me that just makes a, a lot of sense. I was going to say because you know the, the the Trump administration actually did help the Native Americans with some policy work. And when, if you remember, he flew down there to Arizona to talk with them. I mean, that was a big deal. Oh yeah. I, I'm not seeing yeah, that with no. the Biden administration mm-hmm. yet, though. Maybe just too early on. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not. I'm kind of watching to see how much they they actually do do. You know, and action wise, you know, because there's always a lot of talk and stuff. And yes, President Trump did did do a lot for this community. He doesn't get credit for because once again, the news media, you know, they they sometimes a lot of times don't report what's actually going on, or they'll they'll you know eliminate stuff just because they have an agenda, you know, to push out to people. So they they you know eliminate stories that should should be reported so he doesn't get the credit that he um deserves in a lot of areas but the government itself you know it it failed in a lot of ways and not getting the, the help to them as quickly you know as it really needed to get out to and there you know there's a lot of isolated you know areas and reservations and stuff and stuff to get to but but you know we should have probably had a better plan and hopefully we'll have a better plan in the future but yeah i'm keeping my eye on on the biden administration to see how they you know, they handle the community and they, they handle any future pandemics or pandemics in the native uh, in the reservations. Kevin, I, I can't go without asking this. Is history repeating itself when you hear that girls are literally missing from these reservations? I mean, that's terrifying. But has it happened before in your research? Oh, I'm, I'm say that again, Alex. I missed a part of that. I'm sorry. Well, it's okay. No, the 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 other factor that was plaguing the Native Americans last year, besides the pandemic, was their their women, their girls were went missing. Mm-hmm. They don't know where they went. And so, did you find that was the case in your research um, way back when as well? Yeah. No. Um. I, I did not. I did not turn that uh, that up in my research. To, you know, actually. To be honest with you, there. So I don't I really know much about it to speak on that. But um, yeah, that's that's a pretty fascinating uh, story that we, you know probably should dive into, and uh, you know see what turns up there. But no, I did not. Um, I did not uh, see that in my research. Well, you know, your your grandfather Stan Polsky was a hero, and you wrote him as such. And I mm-hmm. I feel like he was just by his story. Is your great grandmother a hero as well for what she did for Native Americans? I, I I believe so. Yeah, I mean, I I did a lot of research on her and my my great great grandfather. Um, you know, there's not as much information there to pull, but I, I did. I found I integrated into the story, but I, I have to call the story historical fiction because most of it is is fictional. But you know, you put in there, and and I would say yes, her character, the character in the in the story, is definitely. A heroic character. I mean, she starts out as a young 12-year-old. Her mother and grandmother are fleeing a smallpox epidemic in Ohio, and they're they're headed towards uh, Wheeling, 
Virginia, Virginia because it's prior to when West Virginia became a state during the Civil War. But she's she's tested, you know, she's tested and her courage and her perseverance is tested. But in a lot of situations where she's lost and alone and, and facing a winter storm and facing, you know, threats in, in the wilderness and she has to fight through many things and betrayals. And, and just the treatment that the natives received. And, and she ends up on a plantation in servitude. And, and her, grandmother, um, her grandmother was a shaman who, and taught her the healing arts. And she finds herself in the middle of the darkest time of our history, the Civil War. And she puts encounters uh, a Union soldier who she falls in love with. So there's a forbidden love story there. But she's a very heroic character and a very told in a very uh, realistic and, and way and through her eyes. And, it's, and the book is getting a lot of praise for that, for that reason alone, just to be told, you know, um, from that perspective. And also I have a lot of women who say, I can't believe that you could write, you know, a story, you know, through the eyes of a woman. Well, let's, that is, that is pretty awesome uh, that you're able to do that. Now, in your research, they weren't necessarily complaining about the Indians and the Redskins. I mean, these name change things sort of deflect from the real story that is affecting Native Americans, is it not? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, that, I, I don't get into that too much because a lot of that stuff, you know, I don't fully understand. I mean, there's... You know, I mean, I'm I'm Irish. You know, I don't take offense at the, at the Notre Dame, you know, fighting Irish. You know, so I don't know. You know, in that in that situation, I think some of that. I think we get too extreme these days on, on so many levels, on, and 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 focus on things that aren't as important as these other things over here that are more important that should be focused upon. You know, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know the the the. Uh, the man that designed the logo for the Washington Redskins was, was Native American, you know, so that, that's now been taken away from him. So, you know, it's just a matter of opinion. Wherever your stance is, my, my personal stance is I think there's more important things to focus on in, in society and even the Native American community as to their issues more than a, a logo or, a, you know, or a brand of pancake syrup or, or something. You know, I, I just think we get way too sensitive on some of these things and, and overthink them a little bit. Kevin, does it frustrate you that, that you're working hard to tell the story and, and yet even the main, you know, just even regular people will just focus on the other stuff. And then they say it's for the benefit of the native Americans, but they don't do anything for them. I mean, I feel like you're doing more by writing about the issues of that time for them than, than those who are activists, if you will. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, there might be some truth in that statement, Alex. I mean, um, because, you know, like I said, a lot of people have a lot of talk and, and no action, you know, and that's what so many politicians do. They're talking a good story, but what are you actually doing, you know, for these communities? I had a, I had a, uh, a man, a young man, reach out to me who was uh, Mohawk and who had read the book, and and he he, um, which is something I was looking for. I, I really was hoping for some readers you know, from that community, particularly the Haudenosaunee communities of the Mohawk and the Oneida and Seneca and so forth. And he says, he goes, you wrote a, a really good story true to, you know, these people, these, these, these people. My grandmother was referred to as a Mingo, which is part of the title in, in 
back in those days. And Amingo were, they weren't a tribe, but they were kind of an independent member of the Haudenosaunee or Iroquois um, nation. And um, he and he, he read that. And he goes, you were very true and you did your research and about these great people. And then he suggested, you know, some other people who settled in the Ohio River Valley uh, to maybe write a book about. So he, he was very... Um, honored by that and said that my ancestors would be honored by that. So that, that meant a lot to me because it meant that I, to me, it meant that I told the story true and honest and, and, and through the eyes of, um, of my character, who, who's my great grandmother, whose name is Kateri, uh, her native name. Well, let me ask you uh, this because you won mother's choice award. What, how do you think that ended up happening? Congratulations. But what did they see in the oh, book thank you. that, that, that yeah. resonated? Yeah. Yeah. Mother's choice. The mother's choice awards is, is a really, I was really had my fingers crossed on this one because they review all kinds of products. They review children's toys. Yeah. Can, can you hear me? Oh, oh okay. Yeah. I mean, the mother's choice awards is really um, an interesting um award because they they review so many products they review children's products they review clothes they review all this stuff to give their approval and also books novels and children's books so yeah i mean i when i received the gold which is their top award for a novel um i was just i was thrilled i was just over the moon with that so i mean that tells me once again it's more validation that that the story was good the story is a good story for um children and teens and, and, kids and families for anybody <clears throat> for that matter. So that, that meant a lot to me. The book also won a honorable mention in the new England book festival uh, for best general fiction. So it's doing well. It's, it's uh, entered into some other um, awards. It just won a, a reader's favorite five star. And I'm just waiting to hear back on, on some other um, the LA uh, uh, book festival and the San Francisco book festival and the Paris. So it's, it's entered into several others. And I'm waiting here back. I've got some really good reviews, um, you know, so for some, from some folks. I, I actually asked uh, a lady named Dreama Denver, who is the widow of uh, TV icon Gilligan's Island star Bob Denver. She read the book for me, and she was just she she said she couldn't put it down. I mean, her her review reads from the first page to the last. I was drawn into a world populated by characters who stole my heart, living a story that kept me on the edge of my seat. And, you know, I've got I've got um, just tons and tons of reviews like that and, and comments like that. So I know the book's done well. And, and my biggest critic is my wife, who's my critique partner. <clears throat> she loved Heart of Steel, but she said this book was her obsession. This is her kind of story. And she just, I couldn't write the chapters fast enough for her because she was reading them as I was writing them. Well, let's ask, cool. let me ask, where can we, uh, let me ask, where can we find the book and uh, and how can people find you? Um, to go to my website is authorkevinmiller.com. That's authorkevinmiller.com. The book's also available on Amazon. Um, it's also available at Headline Books. That's the publisher of uh, White Skies Black Mingo. But the uh, easiest way, I've got all the links off my website at authorkevinmiller.com. And and one last thing, because I want to sure. bring you back on, but I like keeping these episodes a little shorter. I, I, I definitely want to have back on and talk about this more as the vaccination process actually goes uh, in mm -hmm. these communities. Maybe you can have some thoughts on that as well. But do you yourself yeah. have any plans to visit 
uh, your great grandmother's tribe, the reservations? Like, do you have any plans to visit your that community since you are part of it through your great grandmother? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I've got several trips planned. I've got a trip planned in October. Um, we're doing a book signing at the big convention center um, in uh, West Virginia and around Charleston. And and I'm definitely going to be uh, taking a trip. I'm going to go to Wheeling and uh, find my great great grandmother's grave and my great great grandfather's grave and, and do some video document documentation, you know, little documentaries and stuff to share, you know, on my website. And uh, yeah, no, I just want to I just want to uh, tour the, the area and tour West Virginia. You know, I was born in Ohio, um, and I have so many relatives living in West Virginia, and my dad was born there, and I, and I just. West Virginia as well. So, so yeah, I have lots of plans on doing that. At the same time, I'll go to, to Ohio and I'll walk the property of my great grandfather's and my grandfather's uh, farm in Heart of Steel. Yeah, I got some a lot of plans doing that. I was going to fly back this coming month, but I just couldn't uh, make it happen because I had some conflicting uh, schedules and, and participate in an event going back there. But I'm definitely going to be there, uh, looking around and, and getting involved. Go to Mingo Country, Mingo County, and and uh and do some research and talk to some folks and, and interview some people and, and and just um you know see see what you know what what else i can do to help you know this this community this great nation um you know that we they're the haudenosaunee we refer to them as iroquois which is an english word uh the english referred to them as the french word actually and they they don't really like that word because they're the haudenosaunee nation so um so I learned a lot. I learned an awful lot about their their culture and their and their and their religion and their beliefs and and their perspective. And I have a, 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 a tremendous amount of respect for for these great people. Well, and uh, and it shows. And I got to ask you on another podcast that the range. I you know we talk about the southern Indian you know reservations. I'm sure there's still some mm-hmm. in the northeast, or is is that pretty much? Have they all pretty much moved down south, or how many in the Northeast would you say there are right now that that maybe? Oh, there's, don't know? there's, yeah, Native Americans are spread out all across um, America. I mean, in Arizona, where I'm from, and we have many tribes: Navajo and Apache and um, Zuni, and and just there's so many um, different tribes. And and my wife actually, you know, she's um, she's Mexican American, but she has about 45% um, Native blood in her. Um, you know, after doing her DNA testing as well, but no, the Native American, you know, they're all over the the nation. There's reservations everywhere, you know, across the country. So I, I don't really know the numbers, um, how they they pan out, but I think they would probably distribute pretty evenly across the country. Well, there you have it, Kevin D. Miller. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll have you back soon enough. Oh, thanks, Scott. Always love talking to you. Thank we'll you, sir. talk to you next time. Talk to you next time. I'm Alex Garrett, where, of course, we're always adapting. Stay tuned.